Turn over to Galatians chapter 5 this morning. We're going through the fruit of the Spirit. first one was love, a divine concern for other, joy. We talked about last week, cheerfulness, delight, gladness. And then today I want to talk about peace, talking about the peace of God. And we'll look at that uh, this morning uh, together. All right? Church, I'm going to pray if you'll pray in your heart, and then we'll look at this. Father in heaven, thank you again for your word, which you can use it in our hearts and lives, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest. Lord, to the person who saved or lost, Lord, again, draw us closer to you today. May we, again, see you and everything that says, that's said and done today. Help us today. Help your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church family, uh, in the Christian life, your goal should be to draw closer to God on a regular basis. If you're saved this morning, say amen. Amen. All right, then if you're saved, you ought to want to be closer to God. And you can't be close to God if you're not filled with the Spirit of God. All right, and being filled with the Spirit of God is these things are going to come out. You won't have to work them up. It just comes out. A fruit tree uh, that produces an apple, apple tree, it produces those apples. It doesn't have to work itself up. It just does it. All right. Can I just tell you that as a Christian, uh, it's not going to be a matter of trying to find love and joy and peace. It's a matter, it's just going to come out. And so we're going to look at this this morning as far as the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, let's again review a little bit. Verse 16 says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, look at the promise, and ye shall not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right, what are those uh, signs or what is the manifestation of the lust of the flesh? Verse 17, 18, and 19. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary. They're opposite. They're contrary the one to the other. You've got a black man. I say the blackness of sin inside of us. We've got the whiteness of God's righteousness inside of us. And again, when we talk flesh and spirit, it's a matter of I've got somebody inside of me that says, hey, you, do, you can do wrong. And I've got somebody inside that says, no, you need to do right. And uh, which one you feed the most is the one that wins. All right. And so he makes it pretty clear here. Verse number, uh, let's just pick it up verse 19. Now the works of the flesh, he's going to name several, are manifest, which means make known, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I just want to stress again that if you do these sins, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. That word do means to practice or to exercise. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're without the Spirit of God, you can practice and exercise these things all day long. It's not going to bother you. But if you're saved and you do these sins, it's going to bother you. All right? So that's what he's talking about, this flesh and spirit that's going on inside of us. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, what's the first one? Church family, love is a divine concern for others. If we take the word divine, just say God. It's God's love for others. And we need to have that same kind of love. Does God love everybody? Do you love everybody? Don't answer that. You're in church. All righty? You're supposed to love like God loves. All right? How does that happen? I, don't, I just can't love that person. Well, get filled with the Spirit of God, you can. And next one, he says this, joy. I make Christians all the time. I'm just not happy. I just have not joy. I remember a person, uh, actually a member of our church years and years ago. I remember coming to me and says, Pastor, we're going to leave the church. I said, how come you're leaving the church? He says, well, my kids don't have any joy. And I could have told him why his kids didn't have joy. But he says, my kids don't have any joy, so we're going to go somewhere. Uh, and they're not in church today, by the way. All right? But, and we're going to go somewhere else because they don't have any joy. Church family? You don't work up joy. You walk with the Spirit and you have joy. All right? Two plus two equals? All right. Sorry, that's such a tough question for Sunday school. All right? So, again, get filled with the Spirit. You get joy. Amen? All right? So, we don't have that. We're going to look at peace this morning. And uh, that's the next one we're going to look at. Love, joy, peace. Again, these are fruit of the Spirit as I get filled with the Spirit of God. A Spirit-filled person is a what-filled person? Scripture, always remember that. A spirit-filled Christian is a scripture-filled Christian, all right? They go hand in hand. More scripture you put in, more spirit-filled you're going to be, all right? And so, again, I hope that you'll understand that. Now, 
I'm going to run this morning, but I'm going to talk to Christians this morning. But before I do, let me just say this. You can't get the peace of God until, first of all, you get peace with God. All right? I'm not going to ask you to turn to it because I'm going to read it to you. But you're, it's Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Listen to what he says. Therefore, being justified by faith. Church family, to be justified by faith, to be justified, just as if I'd never sinned, to be justified in the sight of God, you have to be what? Faith. Saved. All right? So therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. He finishes the verse out by saying, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Amen. we all understand that the peace, being having peace with God, comes because I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. When you realize that you are a sinner bound for hell and you ask Jesus to save you, you finally got peace with God. Church, I mean, we are at enmity. We're God's enemy. We're at enmity with God until you get saved, all right? Until you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, if you're saved, you ought to be happy. You ought to remember that this morning and every day of your life. Say, God, thank you. For the day that you saved me. Now, I want to talk about the peace with God. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4 this morning. Philippians chapter 4. How do I have this peace? Philippians chapter 4, and we'll take it from here. All right, now, church, I, mean, I know you can come up with a lot of definitions as far as peace. I think it's right there at the top of your lesson. Uh, the definition we want to go with is quietness or calmness of mind. Now, I want to tell you, you can, you can go to the 1828 dictionary. You can go to the Hebrew and Greek lexicon. But this idea of peace, it's a calmness or quietness of mind. In other words, there's not turmoil going on. Church, when I meet people all the time, they have turmoil in their life, but the turmoil in their life becomes, is because they have turmoil in their mind, all right? It always starts in the mind, and then it comes into the actions of a person as far as not having this peace. And so if we're going to have quietness and calmness of mind, this peace that really comes from being a spirit-filled Christian, all right? Hey, church, everyone listen to me this morning. There are a lot of Christians that are just miserable, and their miserableness is not the people or the circumstance. All right? Remember the verse, um, Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, what does the rest of the verse say? Is like a city that is broken down and without walls. In other words, if you're not in control of your spirit, you're like a wall with no defense. You are at the mercy of people and circumstance. I think there's a lot of Christians that put themselves at the mercy of people and circumstance and they don't have any peace and they blame people and they blame circumstance. But if you were filled with the Spirit of God, you could have quietness and calmness of mind and that it would not be such a bother, all right? A bother to you as a Christian. Church, I mean, all of us want peace. The world's looking for peace. They're, they're looking for something that will give them calmness and peace of mind. And that peace only comes, first of all, with peace with God. You have to be saved. And then once you get saved, do you always have peace? Do you never have any problems? I wish I could say yes. But there's going to be times in your life of trouble, problems, sometimes a test. But all of these things come into our life. And then what happens is our mind just races. Like, what am I going to do about this? And how am I going to change this? And what, 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 what needs to happen? How do you have that peace in your heart and mind? Philippians chapter 4 tells us how to have that peace. That's what we're going to look at this morning. All right? Look at your Bible again, Philippians chapter 4. Let's pick it up in verse number um, Boy, there's so many things in this chapter. I'm going to start with verse 4, all right? Philippians 4, 4, you know the verse. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say what? All right? Again, that's, how you, that's, that's kind of the opposite of not having peace, right? Rejoicing. Let your moderation, that's talking about your patience, your limits. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He's coming back again. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. Church, I mean, the word careful means anxious or worried. Pastor, how can you not be anxious for anything. That's what the Bible says. Be careful for nothing. I'm not supposed to be anxious. I'm not supposed to be worried. I'm not supposed to be bothered. 
by problems. I want to tell you something, church, and we're all the same. I want to tell you something. There's times and people and things and all kinds of things that can be such a bother to me personally, just like to you personally. But what helps us get through these things? The peace of God. Look at verse number seven, all right? What does it say? The peace of God, which what? I don't understand that kind of peace. And by the way, the world can't understand that kind of peace because they're not saved. But you think to yourself, man, how did that person make it through that? I want to tell you how, if you're a Christian, I want to tell you how you make it through that. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. We can't understand it, but there's this peace that God gives a person that, that he can give. And that peace can, can be because of death, or it can be a, a financial, it can be a circumstance, it can be anything. It can be a sickness. God can give peace, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, church, let me think about that. The two things that God says, that word keep actually means guard or protect. It means, it means like a guard, a centennial a person who's guarding a door, God says, I'm going to help guard your heart and your mind. In other words, the things that we think about, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, what will that peace do? It'll be like a centennial. It'll be like a watchman, a guard, that will keep your hearts and minds. Church, I mean, where does a person struggle with getting peace? Their heart and mind. So God says, listen, I, can, I want to give you this peace. And then, of course, uh, verse number eight, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are uh, pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace, the God of peace again, will, shall be with you. When it picks up in verse number 10 through the rest of the chapter, it's a different subject completely. It's actually talking about faith, promise, missions, but verse number 10 through the rest. But these particular verses are talking about peace. Verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Verse number 9, the last phrase, and the God of peace shall be with you. God wants us to have peace. All right, so what do we need to do? Be careful for nothing. When you go through the scripture, there were people who went through circumstances. Paul. I mean, you talk about the light affliction that he went through and all the times that he was in jail. He said, listen, I've, I, I have affliction. I've got adversaries. Uh, I've got uh, Satan who's buffeting me. He had all of these things, and yet he's the one that's penning these words in the peace of God, which passes all understanding. shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, church, I mean, we go through a lot of reasons for having, not having peace. A doctor one time, I don't know what kind of medical or psychological, but the doctor said one time, he analyzed people as far as why they came in, and here's what he said. 40% of people worry about things that never happened. He said 30% of people worry about things that had happened. 12% worry about their health that's imaginary. <laughs> and then 10% worry about over others. But he said 8% actually worry about things that really need attention. I think that we are like that sometimes in our Christianity, that sometimes we're looking back at things that have happened or we're thinking about things that have not happened. I cannot tell you how many times I've counseled people that come to my office and are in a tizzy or frazzled about what they think is going to happen. I said, wait a second here. It hasn't happened. But, but, but it could. But it hadn't happened. And so the idea of this idea of peace of mind, it comes from being filled with the Spirit, again, as far as trusting God. But just remember, I might end up going a little bit short. This. I don't know. I always say that and I go long, but... I want to talk to you. I want to give, show you this. There's three. Now, again, there's a lot of things in this passage about not, wor- about not worrying, okay? Be careful for nothing, you know, not be anxious about things. 
I, to be honest with you, I looked at this passage here, and you find verse number four, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Amen. You look at verse number five, and it says, let your moderation be made known unto all men. You look at verse number six, and he says, be careful for nothing. You look at verse number seven, he says, the peace of God which passes all understanding. You look at verse number eight, he says, think on these things. And then you look at verse number nine, he says, these are the things you should be doing. And so there's so many things that a person could look at as far as not worrying. But I find three things that just kind of pop. They just kind of come off the page on how does a Christian have peace? How does a Christian make it through the times of struggle that they're going through their life? And God, I don't, I don't know what to do. But you, you've already commanded me, be careful for nothing. Be anxious, be not worried. Be careful for nothing. So God, if I'm not supposed to be worried, then I need you to show me what to do in order not to be worried. All right? So I want to show you these three things, if you don't mind, this morning. And uh, hopefully it'll be a help to you. All right? You got, your, you got your Bible there still handy? Let's, let's pick it up. I'm going to pick it up again in verse number 6. All right? Verse number 6 says this. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by, what's the word? Prayer. I underlined that one in red. But it says, uh, the word prayer. But in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus. Now, church, I mean, do you understand verse 7 is kind of a promise for doing verse number 6? Hey, I might have a struggle with be careful for nothing, but I should not have a struggle with Pray, supplicate, and thankful. Amen. So how do, I, how do I have that peace that passes all understanding? Pray. Pastor, I know that. Okay, well, most of us do. <laughs> but most of us don't. <laughs> do you understand? The very first thing you need to do with whatever struggle that you're having in your life is you need to pray. It's been said we can do a lot more after we pray, but we cannot do more until we pray. Just for me, can God do anything? Yes or no? Yes. All right. Luke one thirty seven. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Then why don't we ask the person to whom nothing is impossible to be able to help intercede or take care of the problem that we have? The very first thing that has to happen when I'm worried is pray. I'm worried about my health. Pray. I'm worried about how I'm going to pay this bill. Pray. I'm worried about this person who's mad at me. Pray. It is so easy to allow the turmoil and the, the wheels to turn in our mind to cause us to be so uh, irritated and upset and angry. You know what you should do? You should pray. I was driving yesterday or day before. I think it was the day before yesterday. I was driving on the road, and the road came to one lane. All right. I, did, I, I, hate, I hate roundabouts. All right. I, you know, my driving, you're not going to... I know it's pretty bad. I have to use all these illustrations about driving because I'm a very impatient person when I'm driving, but... But I don't get road rage. I sure would like to have a rubber car to knock people off the road, though. Not, not hurt them, just wake them up, you know, type thing. But anyway, I'm driving down the road, and sure enough, I go through this roundabout. And as soon as you go through the roundabout, the road narrowed to one because of construction, one, one lane because of construction. And so I come around the roundabout, and I'm in the outside lane. And, you know, the guy in front of me sees me coming, so he speeds up. It's not a problem. I get behind him. But then he slowed down. I'm just telling you, I'm not a good Christian. And I, I shouldn't be up here because, to be honest, I, the Lord convicted me. Because I'm telling you, I was so upset with this guy. And I'm th there's no reason for me to be upset. But I'm upset with him. I don't even know the guy. I hope he's going to heaven. But anyway. So anyway, when he slowed down, I was not happy. Not happy at all. Because, you know, you could at least go the speed limit. But he was purposely, he saw me on the side, and so he wanted to make sure. So he speeds up, and when I get behind, he slowed down. Oh, he shouldn't do that to me. So we got out of the one lane. 
don't look at me like you're looking at me, all right? You are being very judgy right now, and I don't like it, all right? This is called, this is called judgmental, all right? Sure enough, man, when that lane opened up, I pulled up next to him. And I just looked at him and I said, really? What's your problem? Now, I'm glad he didn't know I was a pastor. Of course, I got Luke 137 on the back of my license plate. I don't think I'm going to do that one again either. Uh, I've had people come into a restaurant before and say, is that your car out there because of the license plate? But anyway, so, and then as soon as I did that, of course, he turned off because he knew I wasn't very happy. I don't know if he thought I was going to pull over and preach to him or something, maybe. But. So he immediately put his blinker on and went the other direction. But and then it's like the Holy Spirit said, what in the world? Can I tell you something? If we're not careful, we allow stuff like that to consume us. I, I pulled over one, I just pulled over part and said, oh God, I should have done it. I'm sorry. And you know, I was fine after that. I sure wanted to kill him before that, but can I tell you, you go through the same things in your life that turn things upside down and you, ugh. can I just tell you how you're going to get peace? You've got to pray. You should talk to God. God knows. What did he say? Casting all your care upon him. Why? He cared for you. And isn't, what does he say in the, when he talks about the model of prayer? He says, your father knoweth what things ye have need of. So I'm here, I'm in a tizzy about all the stuff going on, and why is this happening? And God says, well, I can tell you why it's happening, but I'm God and you're not, and you don't know how this is going to end, but I know how this is going to end. And so God's got a purpose and a plan for all of our lives, but we must pray. The word prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving is used there. The word prayer means to worship. The word supplication means to make requests. But the word thanksgiving, it actually means to have gratitude. When's the last time you thank God for your problem? And your circumstance. God, thank you for letting this happen. I don't know why you let it happen. You've got a purpose and a plan. And God is that, you know what that's going to do? It's going to give you peace. You know why it gives you peace? Because it's not you. And it's not them. It gives you peace in your mind that God's in control and he has a purpose and a plan. When you pray and talk to him and say, God, I'm, I'm worshiping, I'm making requests, and I'm just thankful for what you've done in my life because I don't see it, but I know you have a reason for what you're doing. So what's the first thing you need to do if you're going to have peace, the peace of God? First thing you got to do is pray. Look at the second thing with me now. Verse number seven says, again, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind, for will protect your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Verse number eight, finally, brethren. Just remember the last phrase, verse number eight. Look at the last phrase. Let's just read it out loud. Ready? Think. Say it again. You ready? Think on these things. What things? Verse number eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, church family, in context, verse number seven comes before verse number eight. I'm sorry, that was really deep, but verse number seven says, in the peace of God which passes all understanding, verse number eight says, finally, think on these things. Church family, do you understand that when it comes to getting peace, the first thing that has to happen is you have to pray, but the second thing you have to do is think. You know what causes us so much turmoil? Because we're thinking on the wrong things. We're trying to figure out how something's going to end when God says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things are, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. God said, if you would think on positive things, if you would think on spiritual things, your mind, calmness, quietness of mind, your mind would not be all over the place if you would think on these things. 
So how do I have peace? Well, obviously I've got to be saved because that gets me peace with God. But once I have peace with God, I need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And as I'm filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God causes me to have this kind of peace. All right? What kind of peace? The peace that causes me to pray. The kind of peace that causes me to think on these things, things that are spiritual, things that are good, not things that are bad or things that would cause me to do wrong. Think on these things. I was in Subway uh, studying the other day. I found me, I kind of like this place over on 15th. It's kind of quiet and there's nobody ever there. But uh, so I got to know the people there kind of a little bit, a little, not too much. They knew who I was before I knew who they was. Uh, she said, um, are you the pastor over on, at Heritage Baptist Church? I said, I am. How do you know that? I drive by your church every day. I live in the Compton. I drive by it every day. I was in the Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. It wasn't yesterday. It must have been Friday. But I don't even sure how it got brought up. I only, got, I only bought a drink. I was going to sit out and study, but I said, hey, listen, I hope you have a good day today. She says, I don't know. She says, my son just committed suicide. I said, I'm really sorry. What happened? She said, my son was 28 years old. Said, we didn't see it coming. Said, there was, it's not, not likely there's any warning signs. She said, but he went out to his father's grave and killed himself. He says, the, left a, I think, she, I think she said nine-year-old, nine-year-old girl, nine-year-old little girl. She says, just, and you could tell she was just so, it was like the breath was taking out of her. It was burdened. Church, I mean, can I tell you, you are going to go through times like that, that it's just going to take the, the breath out of you. You know what's the only thing that's going to get you through that? Is God. Right. And how does that happen? Being filled with the Spirit. You know, the Christian life is not without problems, but the Christian life is not without Christ with those problems. In other words, he's the one that helps me make it through the hard times of life. And how do I do that? I pray. How do I do that? I think on these things, all right? Of course, these things, I think, is referring to Scripture as well. Last of all, I want you to notice verse number 9, all right? We'll be done here. But verse number 9 says this, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, what's the last word? Or next word, do, that's right, next word. And seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. If I was going to say, okay, this is the easy way of doing it, if there is such a thing, I would say you need to pray. I would say you need to think. And I would say, last of all, you need to do. You know, I find out that people who are going through problems are usually not doing anything spiritual in their life. Church, I'm not being critical. I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm just trying to show you from the scripture the order of sequence in order to have, be careful for nothing. In order to have that sequence of not being anxious for things, you got to pray. You got to think. You got to do. All right? You know, what do they tell you that when a person retires, the worst thing a person who, that can happen to a person that retires is that they don't do anything? In fact, they'll give you the statistics that they die early. I mean, we've known, I mean, stories have been told a person that they retire and within a year they're dead. And I know God's timing is always God's timing, okay? But the statistics will show that a person who retires and does something lives longer. Can I just tell you that spiritually speaking, that if you're, you're going to make it, you cannot just not be doing spiritual things or you're, the turmoil is just going to be all over you. You know, I was reading a story. In 1978, there was a tightrope walker. He was actually in Puerto Rico. 
But a tightrope walker had fallen to his death. It was 1978. I don't know if they do that still today, but uh, going over arena for arena. But when they interviewed the widow, I found it interesting what the widow said. The widow said this, talking about her husband. His name was, was Carl Wallenda, if I'm saying his name correctly. He fell 75 feet to his death, but here's what she said. She said, my husband was fine until, until he started to worry. And then it was just a matter of time for the accident to happen. She knew ahead of time that he was on his, I don't know, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can do this. And he'd done it several, many, many times before. You know, when a person starts to worry, it's, that's when a person's spirituality starts to decline. Listen, you can't let the devil get the victory in your life. So how do I take care of my problem? I pray. How do I take care of my problem? I think on these things. I put spiritual things in so I can get spiritual things out. How do I not, how do I not worry about my certain? You do. You stay active for the Lord. You, you, you put the Lord first and you do whatever he wants you to do. You know what that's going to do? It's going to give you quietness of mind. It's going to give you a peace of mind. So the simplicity of it all, be careful for nothing. I think it's real simple. Pray, think, and do. If we pray, God, not my problem, it's yours. We think, I put spiritual things in. I do. I stay active for God. Guess what God's going to do? He's going to give you that peace that passeth all understanding. And God wants us all to have that. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?